0: It's Amy's Table, A Girl's Guide to Living, with Amy Tobin on Q102. Pull up a chair and join us. A little over a decade ago, best-selling novelist Richard Paul Evans was asked to give an impromptu talk to a group of students in Dayton, Ohio. And as he looked out into the audience, he decided to simply share with them what he wished he had known at their age. And the talk had a powerful impact on not just the kids, but the teachers as well. And since that initial presentation, Richard has given the talk to hundreds of times all around the world. And after every presentation, audience members have asked for a book covering the talk, not just for themselves, but for friends and families whom they wish to share it with. And the result is his latest book. It's called The Four Doors, A Guide to Joy, Freedom, and a Meaningful Life. And Richard is joining us today on Amy's Table. And welcome back. I'm so excited to talk to you about this book.
1: Thank you. It's nice to be back.
0: Well, first of all, wow, you're a prolific writer. <laughs> and this is a bit of a departure from your novels.
1: Yeah, It's one of my few uh, nonfiction books. As you know, it's not my first nonfiction book, but right. only I've only done three in my 20-year career.
0: Yeah. Well, so what, I mean, was it just looking at those kids and literally feeling that sense of empathy of what it's like to be Someone starting out in the world, or what what caused you to have that speech that day?
1: Well, I think it was inspired um, but it, it was it really was based on that. I didn't want to waste the kids' time mm-hmm. um, it, it, There was probably some panic there as well um, because what had happened is i had I had actually been invited to come say thank you to a few students who had raised money for um, some abused children um, our children um, that we care for with my charity mm-hmm. And so when I arrived, the teacher who had invited me was very excited. She said, we're so excited you're coming that we decided to turn it into a district-wide assembly, oh. and you have an hour.
0: <gasps> oh, no. I bet there was a little panic. <laughs> yeah, so that's,
1: that's what happened. I walked into this like, whoa, I was going to say thank you to a dozen students, not give an hour-long talk to a, an auditorium. Right. So, that, so that, was, that was the difference.
0: And yet you collected your thoughts. Did you feel yourself, you know, sometimes when, when we have a message that we're passionate about and a thought that we really believe in, did you sort of see, feel yourself turn that corner and go, wow, I'm really imparting something
1: important here? Well, yeah, something magical happened. Uh, there are times when I sit down to write, uh, just write one of my novels, and suddenly the the door opens and, I, and uh, inspiration floods in. And mm-hmm. that's what happened at that moment. And I could see it in the kids' faces. Uh, they were... I mean, they were crying while I was speaking to them. Mm, and we were all kind of everyone was a little bit stunned. I think with the impact these words had. I've since that time I've had the chance to share this uh, not just with you. It's actually, um, one time I shared it with eight thousand businessmen in Opryland. I've shared it with um, with convicted murderers in maximum security prison. I've I've shared it with the top Harvard MBA graduates. So it's. Um, I've had a chance to see how it impacts different lives and different people,
0: and and yet it doesn't matter across all of those categories. Everyone gets the message. Is that what you're saying?
1: Right. It's. It's. In fact, one of my favorite events of all time was to a very um, hostile group of youth who were juvenile delinquents and all drug addicts, and um, you could walk in, you could just feel the hate. It was. It was remarkable. And by the end, um, they. Many of them were crying, some came up and actually hugged me and it was um it was a really beautiful moment. They were sharing their dreams that would 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 shock you that these kids had such deep dreams mm-hmm. you know, one told me he wanted to be a doctor and you know something he said i've never told anyone before
0: mm. wow that's got to feel amazing on your end it's very satisfying, yeah, definitely I'm sure you know interestingly, when I think about writers, a lot of writers are very um uh, articulate and can craft a beautiful message in written word. But were you a speaker before? I mean, were you always still doing public speaking, or was it really that moment of realizing that you were so passionate about it that began a speaking career? Or?
1: Well, I have, um, I've been speaking uh, since I was like nine years old.
0: Okay, so that was nothing new uh, for you. I yet. was <laughs> I,
1: I, a speech communication major in college, and so I've never been afraid of public speaking. Right. I enjoy it, and that, that helped
0: You're right. Well, I'm sure this is a topic is easier to go out and speak on too than a novel, per se, without giving away the whole story. (laughs) Exactly. Well, I want to talk about the book because I love this sort of book and I love to be inspired and inspire other people. And the four doors, a guide to joy, freedom and a meaningful life. You basically have these four doors, if you will. And the first, as you say, believe there's a reason you were born. That's key, isn't it?
1: This is this is vital. Um, this is something that's very, very profound. I, I, I spent years, in fact decades, studying the lives of people who have changed the world, more than 200 people, from Charlemagne to to George Washington. And in the back of my mind was always the question, why are these people different? Why, when some of us struggle to even impact our families, are these people able to change um, thousands, millions of lives? And um, it, it took two decades, but one day it hit me. It's like I found the one common denominator, and that is all of them believe they had a purpose, every one of them. And uh, that hit me really hard. And that's where it begins, that we believe that we have a purpose, we're here.
0: And, and you know, that, um, I, I feel like I, I know my purpose, and I know a lot of passion-driven people who feel they know their purpose. And... Yet for someone who just has not a clue, you know how can they find that quietness or that you know moment? How do you guide someone to understand how to even begin to be introspective enough to figure out their purpose? That's
1: that's the number one question I get. Um, You know, how do I know my purpose? And you, Amy, you kind of answered it. You said you know these passion-driven people. Um, Bishop T.D. Jakes said. You know, find your passion. What do you care about? What matters to you? And that will lead you into your purpose. And I, and I believe that's very much true. Mm-hmm. I also believe that, um, that the intuition, that the still small voice will lead us as well, that we, that we need to listen and listen to those little promptings. What um, Emerson meant when he said, none of us will achieve lives of greatness until we learn to listen to that whisper, which is heard by us alone. So to to listen to that whisper in our lives and then to follow it.
0: You know, when uh, one of the things people can suggest is what is the thing that makes time stand still for you? You know, when you're doing it and time stands still, that's probably a big clue as to what your purpose is, where, you know, you just are lost in it. And and, uh, but that is a tough one. That's probably the first. I mean, this is almost a linear process, isn't it? You have to start there.
1: Right, you start, with, and that's why the doors are important, yes.
0: Mm-hmm, definitely. Well, the other, you know, sort of theme of this is freeing yourself from limitation, and I, I am amazed how limited people are willing to make themselves, and how do you free yourself?
1: Well, in the book I talk about three major cages that limit us. There's more, but, but there's three that I think affect most of humanity. The first is paradigm, the second is fear, and the third is the attitude of victimhood. And um, I think most of us find ourselves in one of those. Paradigm, people don't, usually don't even know they're caught by it. Paradigm is accepting the world around us as fact that this is what is, instead of um, using our imagination to say what can be. And so that's why most of us live where we live, work where we work. We, we, we don't usually push beyond that paradigm that, that we're, we've been placed in. So these are people you'll see who said, no, we, this is what I do. And, it, and it's what uh, Thoreau called resignation, you know, that we resign ourselves to a certain life when there's there can be so much more. And uh, Winston Churchill said, "Don't be don't be content with the way things are, um, are. The the world is is abundant, and um, you know it's it's a great feast. We need to um, we need to eat at it. Mm-hmm. Um, the limitation of fear, we all understand. The greatest shackles we wear in this life um, are those forged by our own fears, and um, it's a mistake." You know, we, we 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 have to look at what we're really fearing, and uh, so often it's what we, we're fearing is failure, and this is just a mistake of our focus, because failure is is part of the process. It, it's part of the you, it's part of being an explorer, an inventor. Um, it's not a it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's 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 something that we have to do to get to where we're going. Um, and too many of us look at, wow, I failed, I'm done. Or uh, even worse, we say, well, I might fail, so I don't even start. And that that is the true failure. Right, that is. That is the biggest failure. The third uh, victimhood is, the best definition of victimhood I could give is, these are people who are using past hurts or injustices as currency to buy out of present living and present responsibility. I can't do that because this happened to me. You know, I, I can't. I can't be married because my parents were divorced. Um, it, and there's two main reasons this is a danger. The first is um, we're taking our power, and what else do we have? That's our freedom. We're taking our power and our freedom, and we're giving it away to some other person or source. Uh, second, we are uh, ignoring one of the great truths of life that 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 are. Sometimes the greatest blessings in our lives come through our adversity. They come through the difficult things we go through. And so to just, to uh, not recognize that is, is to, uh, to really take away the, you know, the good that can come
0: absolutely well I'll tell you you're one of those interesting people I love to speak with you and I think this is a terrific book again it's called The Four Doors A Guide to Joy Freedom and a Meaningful Life this would be a great gift for the holidays and something to pick up and read yourself you can find more about Richard at his website which is richardpaulevans.com and I'll put a link as well on my website but Richard thank you so much good success with this book and your tour that you're doing around it and just thanks for spending some time with us today
1: my pleasure thank you thanks for You're listening to Amy's Table,
0: a girl's guide to living with Amy Tobin on Q102. For more, visit Amy's blog with Q102 online at WKRQ.com.